The foundations of living as a family on mission is to believe that you're part of God's family, and so is everyone else. Do you see others as family members that God is looking to restore and bring close to himself through your life and family rhythms and resources? Being a family on mission starts with our beliefs and begins to emerge in our own homes with our own bio kids and others long before we create new rhythms and events that we ask people to attend. It's easy to forget this and turn missional life and missional community into some sort of a midweek mini church service instead of a natural outgrowth of our family life together. This is a Life School Podcast, episode number 214. Welcome to the Life School Podcast, where each week you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. This is the stuff that your parents, teachers, and pastors forgot to tell you. I'm Heath Hollinsby, here with your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Hey, Heath, how's it going, brother? It's busy, man. Busy week. I mean, here we are. We're recording this. I mean, people know we're not recording it the day we drop this on Monday, right? <laughs> but uh, we're recording this kind of mid-Holy Week yep. weekend now. And uh, you being we- a worship leader. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a busy week for us. Yeah, you got a pretty cranking busy week going on. And I know we have, uh, I was just telling you a little bit ago, as we were setting up, We've got uh, a more than a house full. <laughs> yeah, every room, right? Yeah, and spending the night and, and and like I think we've got three Easter meals included in, yeah. the, in the program here. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, we don't usually record even on weekends, but it's early. I mean, this is really early Saturday morning. We're like, we just got to do this. Yeah. So I, if I sound a little bit like a frog, and it's because yeah. we never do it this early. <laughs> we never do it. But this, it's the only so. time we can fit in this holy yeah, week. It's yeah, been, it's been it's been a holy holy week. <laughs> Hey, I wanted to get to a review because we haven't done that in a little while, but we got yeah. a great one that came in from M. Oliver 47 who said, these podcasts are so inspirational. We're just starting a missional community and they've been absolutely invaluable in keeping us on track whenever we want to naturally revert to our previous church culture and helping us see things in a new way. So thanks so much for keeping us grounded, focused, and inspired. Thanks, M. Oliver. Well, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Good great. luck with that, that's, MC. I guess we're hitting the bullseye then because that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Know? Pretty good summary of things there. Thanks. Yeah, so today we're talking about the uh, like whether or not your family's prepared for for actually missional living and and uh, everything we, for us right kind of leads to mission. Right? Yeah. we see that that's the life we've been given, and and do we live this as families? And so yeah, we're going to talk about like is our family even prepared to live on mission? Because we get so many questions like, okay, how do you start? Right? Yeah, and we're not like not talking necessarily preparation to go overseas as a family, <laughs> right? But how you can actually begin to prepare to live life as a family together in community, right where you live on mission together, yep. and not from some sort of like. Uh, I think the purpose of this episode is not some sort of high level flyover of how to do this, but how you can actually practically start living on mission as yeah, family. This is kind of ground prep almost. You yeah. Know, right. And it's interesting you said like this isn't how to prepare to live as a, a family overseas, you know, and and. Even though that sounds so corny, maybe our long-term listeners wouldn't even expect that. But I've actually had people that I've known for a while th- thought that as I referenced missional living and you know living as a family on mission and all, yeah. that that's what we meant. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, so you help people get ready to like be a family of missionaries? Overseas, yeah. Like, yeah. And they, but they meant overseas. Yeah. Like, yeah, I remember like my sister and her husband lived in Cambodia, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is awesome, right? But that's that's not exactly what we're talking about. So, <laughs> Well, I think it's safe to say um, that this lifestyle is actually for everybody, not just a select few. That's yeah. what we're going to get to, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not something that goes even in and out of season of like, oh, sorry, really busy season. I can't be a missionary anymore. 
Uh, it's not for <laughs> right. those who just have really extensive theological training. So maybe we can again reset the concept that that everyone listening to this podcast right now is a missionary all of the time. Yeah, that exactly hits it, Heath. That that kind of underlines it. It's not something we sort of put on, put off. It's not like this idea of living on mission is not like, oh, that's kind of a new way of doing small groups or whatever, right? It's just, this really starts as an identity issue being resolved hmm. or renewed. Because, I mean, it, we're resolving what God already says is true of us, right? Yep. See, we... We have to like step back, and this is like why we say this is sort of like, are you prepared to live? I mean, do you believe like that you are part of God's family? And I think Christians would say, yeah, because I said the prayer, right? But it's like God Himself exists in community, hmm. and you know, my my buddy Mike Breen would say that God actually exists as a family on mission. That's cool, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, you, and you think about it, Father, you know, sends a son to take a bride. Right, yep. empowered by the spirit. Actually, in Hebrew, the spirit's a feminine noun. You know, yep. it's like, and so really, I think it's I think it's accurate to say that. And we're created in that image, and we've been a sent people. Jesus says, "As I was sent, so now I send you." Right, and then he breathes on them, says, "Receive my spirit." We know the spirit's the sending agent. So really, this whole thing starts with belief that you, your kids, everybody you know <laughs> created in the image of God is part of God's family. Hmm. And now in Christ, we've been sent. So this is, we have to resolve that. That's an identity issue. Do you believe you're a missionary? Hmm. And I've told the, you know, I've told the corny story of when I was a kid and seeing the map on the wall, yep. you know, and all the pictures and those are the missionaries, right? But that's kind of how a lot of us really saw it. And even though we go like, no, 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 you know, Frank, Frankie, that's my kid. That's what I was called as a kid. Frankie, it's my middle name. <laughs> hey, Frankie, you're the missionary at school. You know, when you go to school, you're a missionary. And it's, so they kind of, kind of blurred the lines, sure. you know, like to take it that far. But it's like, no, actually at an identity level, just like when, when the father spoke publicly over his son, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And then Jesus starts his mission. It's like Jesus was part of the family. That's family language. This is my son, right? And he sends his son basically out on the family business, mm. <laughs> you know, to take the family business now. And he starts immediately calling others to join him. Yep. Right. And I want everybody to see that they, if you're if you're in Christ, you are a missionary. You're God already sees everybody as part of His family, right? He, he created them that way. And I know some are saying, "Well, not not non-believers; they're not part of God's family." Well, according to Scripture, they are. You mm. know, they're not the redeemed family. They're not sure. redeemed at that point yet, right? They're, they haven't accepted Christ's work on the cross for their redemption. Right. But God still sees them as His kids. It's, yeah. You know, it's all, all all of Scripture says, you know, we are all God's offspring. We all bear the same last name in a sense, right? And I also want to let people know too that they uh, believe that you are, if you believe like, okay, so I, I hear what you're saying, Caesar, like I'm a missionary, right? But I want you to see yourself as like a full-time paid missionary. Hmm. You know, we, we tell people like everybody's a full-time paid missionary. You're fully funded. Yep. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't get paid to do that. It's like, well, let, can we let God choose how he wants to route <laughs> the blessings in our life. Some people, mm. he routes their salary, let's say, through work at a church, sure. right? And you you still, that's part yeah, of your income. And I've income. done that for years, right? I don't currently get paid by a church organization, right? Sure. I'm not, but am I still a missionary? Yeah. Am I fully funded? Well, let's look, let's think. Um, did I sleep sheltered last night? Yeah. Did, do I have clothes on today? Did I eat in the last 24 hours? Yeah. So everybody listening probably could say yes to those three things. Yeah. Right? Full, you know, they're, they're, they they slept sheltered, they're clothed, and they've eaten recently, unless they're fasting, you know, intentionally, right? Yeah. Which means God has kept his bargain, like, I will meet your needs. Hmm. And so what? So if he routes it through working at 
a factory or you're working at a Starbucks sure. or working at a church or you see what I mean? Yep. It's all the same thing. And I, and I, I can remember like kind of sharing this analogy with some people. Like imagine people saying like, okay, so here's what I do. I'm a missionary. Okay. But I go to Boeing <laughs> and it's crazy. You wouldn't even believe what a cool deal God set me up. I go to Boeing, right? And there's all these people there. <laughs> there's other humans that God wants to, me to love on and show what he's really like yeah. and right? glorify him. Absolutely. And then, um, I'm thinking, that's pretty cool. I don't have to go out and find people because there's tons of them there. And then they say, well, this will be your office over here. And there's other people. And then they give me a desk and all kinds of cool technology and computers to work on. And all day long, I get to talk to people and and try to live out Jesus' life. And then it's crazy. Every every couple of weeks, I get this envelope shows up and there's a check in it. (laughs) And they freaking pay me to do this. It's it's, it's nuts, you know? Great. So I, I want people to see themselves as the starting point for preparation. Do you see yourself... As a missionary, do you see your family as part of God's family already on mission? And it's a matter of, have you embraced that? Have you resolved that? Sure. That's the starting point. Well, once we can resolve that and say, yeah, I do see myself as a missionary. I see us as a family of missionary servants, right? We say that's our identity. comes right out of the Trinity. We're a family missionary servants. That's the starting point. That's Mm -hmm. the first of the prep of the prep. Yeah. Okay, so let's... uh... I love the identity aspect of that. You know, it's always good to reframe that because it's so easy to go into the do to be sort of thing. So actually starting with who we are and then working out of that, right? How do we get to live, right? Is the question we ask. So practically, as people are kind of considering maybe the first steps in living as a family on mission. Yeah, living out of that identity. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What would you say the starting point might be? Like, how how would you say this actually begins? Okay. Um, there again, I think this is gonna, this is gonna, this is a doing sort of thing, but it's really more of a being as well. And I think you framed that really well. I think the initial starting point is to ask yourself: Do we have a family that others would want to imitate? Hmm. We, we've talked about this. Um, if 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 we are part of God's family on mission and uh, we bear His identity, we have His Spirit, and we've been sent. Jesus says, "I've been sent, so I send you." And the mission, by the way, of the church is to make disciples. Then we would certainly assume that, like the staff at our church and the elders, right, and the pastors and all that, would would really be living lives worth imitating. Meaning, yeah. like, like, you want to know how to make disciples? Boom, get next to them, hang out with them, right? So. Maybe that's the case in your church. Maybe it's not. I mean, I, I think it's not too much to ask that the people who lead the mission would actually be on mission. Sure. <laughs> you know? That makes sense, yeah. But I, I think we start by asking ourselves that, too. Like, do we have a family worth imitating when mm-hmm. it comes to this life in Christ and living this way? And and if not, okay, well, then what, what do we need to, like, submit back to God to say, God, we need you to change this in our family? And then ask, is 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 your family worth joining? Hmm. Like, like, you know, some people don't have a family that you'd want to hang out with or be a part of. Sure. But they're part of a missional community. <laughs> you know? yeah, it makes... And it's like, well, let's back up the train a little bit. So as, asking yourself, is our family worth imitating? Would people have better marriages and more grace-filled parenting and... Laugh as much. And, yeah, yeah, right. And have fun. And, and would grace be extended? And would people see what God is like through our family? Would people want to imitate that? And then are people sort of trying like to get in on the deal, <laughs> you know, with us, right? Yeah. And like we said, like this, this weekend, part of, part of why we've got a full house, it's not just, it's not just, you know, our bio kids coming. Sure. It's like so many people that are extended family members, yep. Team K, they've just been, they've been grafted been around, in yeah. and they've, they've found their way into the family because they want it because it's worth joining. It's worth being a part of things, right? Yeah. And so I think 
as we, we talk about looking for people of peace, in other words, who are those people in our lives that we would begin to build relationships with because they're leaning into relationship with us? Who are those people of peace, right? Yep. I think we have to start by being people of peace. Hmm. You, know, you find people of peace by being people of peace. Yep. Is your household, you know, that house that your kids and their friends want to hang at? Hmm. You know, like you've got a basketball team yeah. <laughs> at home no and a bunch of other kids hanging around with your kids, right? Because yeah. it's, it's a place they want to be. They want in on the deal, right? Yep. And, and that takes some intentionality. I know when Tina and I were young parents, we talked about um, not, not because like some fear thing, like we don't want our kids at anybody else's house. That was never the case. They were always out and about and underfoot. But um, we wanted to make sure that they felt like our home and our household and us as their parents yeah. were people they, they felt really good bringing their friends home to and, mm. and, and the rhythm of this. And they could for sure have people over for dinner. I think part of why we've got such a full house this weekend is our kids kind of independent of us said, oh, and by the way, uh, I br- so-and-so's coming to brunch. Sure. Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And by the way, so-and-so is spending the night. That's cool, right? You know? So, yep. yep, it's cool. So even though they're grown now, they're doing the exact same thing they used to do, you know, dragging people home. Yep. You know? And it, and it was and it didn't even stop with their friends sometimes. It would be like, hey, so-and-so is coming over for dinner, and um, I, I went ahead and asked his mom, and she's coming too. You know? so <laughs> Next thing like, you know, there's 200 people it, at the house. It, no, you know. Yeah. So there again, though, it's like, do you have a family you know, worth imitating and that people want to join. And are you living as people of peace in your neighborhood? Do people mm. know you as like, yeah, you got a good rep and pe- the kids want to be around. I was pretty stoked the other day because I was just sitting on my deck and it was kind of after, you know, I'd finished working for the day and I was just kind of sitting on my deck and looking at the birds and, and boom, all these people and kids cut through the yard with their bikes. Right. And I yeah. was like, awesome. You know, yeah. and then cool. they stopped and they said something to me and then on they went. And then about 10 minutes later, a whole string of little girls like running through that you could see following the bike tracks through the grass were running. I was like, you looking for the kids on the bikes? And they're like, yeah. And then like, OK, they went this way, you know, and, <laughs> and then they, I, they came back through and they couldn't find them. And then all of a sudden I heard them playing on the side of my house over here. That's cool. And they weren't freaked out. Like they would just talk to me like a person. Like yeah. I'm not like the grumpy old man in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not yet. It's coming, right? But, you know, so think about, like, are you are you living as a people of peace in your neighborhood? How about at the soccer field for, yeah. for games or whatever? I mean, I say soccer, but it might be baseball or it could be whatever Rugby. sport. Or it could be band practice or band camp, you know? Sure. Or, or at your kids' school events, you know? Are, are you there and are you screaming your head off? And do you, do you go with, you know, to other see other people that you know and their kids and scream your head off for them too when they're like performing at the talent show or in band or whatever you know so like are we being people of peace before we start trying to figure out okay who's out there that we're going to try to rope into our new missional community life (laughs) you know it's interesting because one of the things that we hear quite a bit is like man I'd, i'd really love to live that way i just can't man i'm slammed i've got this on monday and tuesdays i do this and wednesdays i do this so it I think almost for some people too, there's going to have to be a reformulating or maybe even a rearranging of life in a way that really starts creating avenues of intentional rhythms with others if they're not there yet, right? Yeah, exactly. And and there again, they're intentional rhythms of the things that we're already doing. We we we. I'm not going to get into them today. We've talked about them on other episodes, um, and I've done deep teaching online for this. But we talk about the six rhythms of life that are just normal and ongoing yep. and happening. And once we believe our identity and start to live out paying attention to these normal rhythms that we can start including others in like eating and celebrating and blessing others and all that you know 
it's not like a matter of adding stuff on. It's a matter of now saying, okay, we're living as people of peace. We see ourselves as part of God's family. God's a missionary God. We know that, right? Yep. From the garden forward, where are you? You know, he's looking for Adam and Eve after they have sinned and they're freaked out and they're hiding. And God's like looking for him like, no, no, why are you hiding? You know, why? wait, wait, who told you you were naked? You know? Yeah. And then he sends his son Jesus on a missionary mission, right? I mean, on a mission to come and get us, to save us. And so... There again, start at, this starts at home. Like, what, what's the reformulating and rearranging? Just start at home, not with adding rhythms, but thinking like, okay, this is our first mission field. Yeah. And are we living, like, have we established up in out rhythms? And so what I mean by that real quick is, you know, like, is God talked about in our family? Are we growing? Uh, you know, is there upward connection to God that's a big part of our family and it's normal? Or is it like, no, that's what we go to church for when we make it? You yeah. know, um, in, up, in, out, uh, in rhythms. Are we including others in the stuff that we already normally do? So it doesn't take any extra time. You say, oh man, I'm really slammed. Are you eating dinner tonight? Yeah, yeah. you probably, you know, did you have lunch at work? Was there other humans in proximity to you? You know, <laughs> yeah. right? And so um, like, I want to suggest that people start to become hyper-inclusive. Yeah, that's good. You know, like just think about it, like like flip the switch. If 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 we're God's family, God can afford it, that's for sure. Um, and it's it's not even a matter about like extravagance or anything like that. But who can we start having over for dinner a little bit more regularly? Or yeah. um, how about for celebrations? Who can you invite over for Easter? You, by the time you're hearing this, it's too late. But but we're starting to think this way. And Christmas isn't just like, oh, well, we go to my grandma's and that's that. It's like, mm, what else might you do? Part of the reason we have three different meals going on is because not everybody who we wanted to include this year in yeah. Easter celebration could make the same exact time. So... Team K just is sort of grown into like, well, we'll just spread it out. We do the same it's thing like with Christmas. Parties, it's like yeah. three days, you know, yeah. of kind of doing it, you know, well, on top of the whole week of stuff. So think about, are, you know, are you doing like family dinner nights in your own home that are meaningful and connected? Maybe you're doing the story of God with your own kids. I mean, do you even do those kind of rhythms that mm. you could invite someone into? Or is everything going to be an add-on? And, and like you said, people feel slammed. So don't think add-on. Think about what are we currently doing, can we? So up in, are we including others? And then out, like do we bless people? Do we ever go? Do we take our kids out and live as a blessing to be others? Mm. Um, I can remember taking my kids, like back when we lived in Chicago, when the kids were growing up, um, taking them out shoveling. And we go around shovel walks. Because there was oh, elderly yeah. people, right? Or people that, you know, the husband was out of town and it snowed like crazy. And the yeah. mom's in the house Need and some the help. little kids and baby, you know. And so, or raking leaves. Or like, it, Tina used to take uh, the girls and a bunch of their friends. This is pretty cute. She would take them to the animal shelter okay. and pick up kitties, <laughs> kittens, right? Okay. They would loan us kittens. And then they would take the kittens and the kids and they would go to like retirement homes. Huh. Where there's these people that they say, oh yeah, most of these people, no one ever visits. Yeah, and they would come them. and they'd be like their grandkids and sit on their laps and pet the kitties and they'd Aww. pull out their little heart candies for the kids. You know, and all that, <laughs> yeah, the worthers. Right. And so like, but there again, that was all part of like her, uh, my wife being involved in Girl Scouts. And I think it was brownies at that point. They were really long. So, hmm. you know, what are the, you know, start at home. What are your rhythms and are you including others in them increasingly? Now, this is like, cause like, is that what a family, is that what a family on mission does? Yeah, absolutely. Is that what a missional community does? Yeah. But not if it's artificial. See, this is what we're saying. It's not something to be bolted on. Sure. It needs to extend from your family outward. So redefine who's your family. Do you see everyone as family? 
And then who might we else in our family might we include this year for Christmas or at Thanksgiving? Or, you know, we're planning to do just simple barbecue this week. Well, yeah. who else might come? And somebody in the neighborhood or, or, you know, we talk about like everybody says, well, I'm single. Some people are already tuned out because like, well, I'm single. This doesn't work for me. Well, that's not the case because we have constantly, and there's going to be a bunch of single people with us this weekend, you mm. know, for this whole schmear of, you know, yeah. Easter events going on around here. And so are you including people because you see them as family or do they always feel like no? And, and even our churches, unfortunately, sort of silo people like that. So yeah. like they have the singles ministry. Yeah. Well, what do singles want? They want to get Most of them want to be married and be in a family. So treat them like family. Include them in your family. Yeah, life. bring them in. Yeah. In fact, I'd say even look for that because how will they know? You're talking about wanting to make disciples. How will they know how to live out their life as, as, as adult Christians, as a mother, as a father, if they've never witnessed it? So let's say they didn't grow up that way. Sure. Right? Or they didn't grow up in a family on mission. Maybe their family went to church, but they were really looking for something deeper. Are you including people? Do you see them as family? Right? Mm. So we're not looking to live two lives, like our isolated us, our family life, and then a missional community is where we throw a lasso around a bunch of other folks once a week and try to get them into artificial rhythms. We, I, hope, I hope the listeners are getting this, that we want to live in such a way that as we invite folks into our lives and the rhythms that we're living, it, it, there's increasing opportunities for discipleship and intentionality within our own family to live as spiritual parents to yeah. our kids extends then and must precede us becoming somehow spiritual parents to others. Yeah, so uh, as you talk about maybe moving into more of discipleship with intentionality, um, how would you begin moving from these big group hangs where everyone's invited with meals? I think over time, as you build predictable patterns, and what I mean by that is it's not like, hey, remember the time we did the barbecue? Remember mm. the one time we had someone over for dinner? You sure. know, it's like it's a predictable pattern. People are starting to find and become part of the rhythm of your family. They're starting to sense that they're family and be a part of that. Then we are looking to, okay, how do we move to more deeper level spiritual discussions in, in what we would more traditionally consider discipleship or disciple making. Yeah, we've talked a bit like about upping the challenge while keeping the invitation high, right? Right. It's, yeah. it's this high invitation to our family that continues. But then, yeah, how do we increase challenge in their life? Now, so there's, there's not one right way. There's not sure. right one. Some people do. You know, some people will say, well, then eventually I'm going to invite him to church. Nothing wrong with that. It might not necessarily be the best starting point. For their spiritual journey, it might be the perfect one. I don't know. Sure. Um, it might be to study the Bible with you. Who knows? For us, we want to see their discipleship happen in community. And so for us, one of our, our favorite things is to take people through the story of God. Hmm. And, and we start to pray. We start to establish a weekly rhythm that's natural with people that seem to dig it and they're leaning in. They've been trying to get into the family. They're trying to be a part of what's going on. They seem to be giving themselves to that. So we call these people of peace, right? Right. And they're not like, I'm not trying to, I'm not having to beg them like, do you want to eat? You want to hang out? It's like, no, they're like, yeah, we're in, <laughs> you know? Sure. And then we'll start to pray okay, Lord, who, who, just like Jesus did, like, who do you have for us to disciple? Like, there's a lot of folks hanging, but we're not, we're not going to get to disciple anybody. Who is really leaning into this? And, and, and Lord, show us who to invite. And we're going to start doing, connected to this rhythm of maybe, say, a weekly meal we're already having together or a weekly barbecue. Um, we're going to start doing the story of God with people. Yeah. And, and like, we'll just do like one or two narratives, you know, they're just a minute or two each and discuss them. And all those resources are on my website and we can put a link in the show notes to them too. But that's where I really like to go because I, I, we have just found that you know, if, you, if you just look at 
look at your own home like this weekend or your Easter table and look around who's sitting there. They're not talking bullet points. You sure. know? They're not going through a book. It's like, hey, how'd your week go? Let me pull it out. And they got notes. <laughs> They're just telling the stories of life. And, and what was Easter like when you were a kid? Oh, my God. Sure. I remember the first time, you know, we dipped eggs and, and we spilled it all over the house. You know, like people just tell stories. That's normal life. And so mm. I like when we kind of then take that rhythm of food and meals and hanging, which is going to be full of story, and move towards doing the story of God with people, I found it to be a pretty easy challenge in that sense. It's yeah. not, I think a lot of people think like, oh, no one would ever want to do it. That's just not been my experience. Yeah, it's actually hard to find, it's hard to find a resource that's better than the story of God for that. For, for that, that bridging over. Oh, it's perfect. It's story, it's yep. dialogue, it's connected, I, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but generally it's connected to food. So once we've established that kind of a rhythm of life to, to move into the story, we just had a conversation with someone who's extended, part of our extended family, part of our Team K Oikos, right? And um, it just came up naturally the other mm-hmm. day. Uh, at, we were actually at a restaurant and something came up and I said something about story and understanding who God is better through his story. And, and, I, and I mentioned that we were, starting to kind of try to put dates on a calendar for next time we're going to do story again. She's like, yeah, 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 that's right. I want in on that, you know? Oh, that's cool. You guys keep bringing that up. It sounds like something I got to understand better. Yeah. This person wasn't raised going to church. They don't, yeah. you know, they're not like atheists. They're like, I don't believe in there's a God in the world, though we've done the story with plenty of those types as sure. well. But it just kind of, it kind of naturally came up and it was leaking out of our conversations. And what do we do with this particular friend? Well, we just sit around and eat and have lots and lots of family time and tell lots and lots of stories. And they know that our story has preceded, you know, was preceded by God's story. So it's just natural. It's almost yeah. like you're inviting them into your family history in a sense, you yep. know? So, and, and people can download all the materials on that, but that, that's where I like to go first, cool. you know? Some people will do alpha, some people will do other things, and I'm, I'm cool with it all. As long as it seems like a, the next natural step yep. and not like, hey, we've been doing this, and all of a sudden that, yeah. that seems very, you want it to feel like family together, you know, so one thing I've come across like in my life, but also many people uh, who are close to me have been in the same situation where when you're starting to look at how we're going to live this out as a family, you've got one spouse that's super gung-ho about living on mission and the other one that's not really into it or not quite feeling it. Um, and I know this question primarily yeah. applies to married people, and I've got a question for single folks coming up here in a second, but how would you go about working through uh, this marriage maybe disagreement where there's not total agreement between the two spouses. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a great question because there again, if you're not, if you're not living as a family on mission, it's like, it's more like, uh, uh, an isolated part of your life. Your faith's over here. It's on Sunday. But if, but if it's like, no, you know, we, we do that together, but then our family's our family and it's separate. We talk about, we talk about that some families, they have a family and then the, there, there's the mission. And they see that as like, like remember the time we went to Guatemala and we helped build that church building or something, sure. right? And that's good. That's a good thing. But it's separate. That's like our family, and then there's the mission, or there's church. And then some families, you, you have a family that that sort of has their own mission. You know, like in other words, together annually they go on this trip, or they give to this thing, or right. they serve at their church, but as you know, as a family unit, and that's that's their sort of mission together. Sure. The goal is to become a family on mission like that just lives on mission and sees themselves living out of their identity together. And if, if the, if the couple, you know, if the spouses aren't on the same page, I, I, you have to kind of start there. You really do. Yeah. And you know, it's 
like we have to go back to identity and you have to let the gospel begin to transform what you even think we're here for like why do why were we created what did what did you know why did god loop us into his family and send us out on his mission was it just to sit in a church service you know was was that the goal and so what i would suggest for couples that find themselves in that is that i would read and discuss key books together like i hmm. generally um i suggest people read transformed Yep. You know, that's one of the first books I wrote. And it's sort of all narratives of like, what is the, what is it? What's our true identity? And what's it look like to believe that this is what God says of us and then live it out in normal everyday rhythms of life with our own family and then a growing extended family. And so like even some of the people... Uh, that we're coaching, yep. and, and I know some of them are listening to this right now. They say, yep, Caesar signed that to us, you know, yeah. as a couple. And these are people that are already living on mission, but I'm like, I want you to wrestle with this idea of our identity and, and how it starts to change what, how we talk with our kids and what's at our table and sure. what we invite our kids to go do. You know, we talked about up and out. Are we taking our kids to serve? You know, I yeah. was mentioning Tina with the kids and the kitties and all. And um, that's a good one. I think uh, Tangible Kingdoms, another great book yep. that, that you could read together just to sort of begin to unearth it. Now, um, if you if if you're just like, well, listen, my you know, my husband just doesn't see it this way and he, you know, he'll he'll go to church with us, but he's he's not wanting to do any of this. Well, then that's really a question of are you living as spiritual parents in, within your own home? Hmm. And if you're not yet, start there. Like, you don't really need to worry about starting a missional community. But back to my question, do you have a life worth imitating? Are people trying to get in? Yeah, you know, focus, would it be yeah. worth joining? Um, if not, I would say put off this idea of trying to throw a lasso around a bunch of people and talk them into missional kind of activity so you feel good about it and it looks like you're doing something that's really just sort of a, a mini church service, you know, or yeah. something on midweek. You, you really do. And and like you say, well, but I, I don't want to stuck. I don't want to stay stuck there. Have you been proactive enough to actually discuss this? I would say another thing is to talk to other couples that live in the way that you want to live. Hmm. Like maybe, let's say the husband's all, in this case, all on board with this, but his wife's unsure. And, and it might be connected to like, I don't know about our house or if it's clean enough or how to, I don't like, I don't know how to have people over. We didn't grow up that way. Maybe talking to other couples that live that way, that can speak truth and grace and identity into them and kind of lift the lid of their life and maybe hang out with those couples a little bit when they see it so that it's more normalized. I think people yeah. think it's real mystical and it's real heavy and it's... It's no, really it's your not, normal. Yeah. Like this weekend's not a big heavy deal for Tina. Like mm. house full of people and lots of food. It's like everybody will help. Everybody's family. Sure. We don't treat people like guests. That's a heavy burden. Yep. If we had a house full of guests, like we're running a B and B this weekend, it'd suck. Yeah. But it's a house full of family. Takes the pressure off both yep. bio and extended, right? And so they're going to come that way. So I'd say if you got to be on the same page and, and take the time to get there. Right. And, yeah. and start to live this in your own home as a couple at, with your bio kids and let those rings go out from there. And, and you just got to be where you're at. It's OK. If that's where you're at, take the time. But be intentional to say, hey, honey, could we could we read and discuss this book together just to start to move our hearts and some, you know, down some similar paths. And it's just it's free to talk, free to dream. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, one other thing we hear is quite a bit from uh, single people who feel kind of on the outskirts of communities that are primarily based in these family rhythms. But it doesn't seem like being single will exclude you from living intentionally. Right. Like, in fact, even Paul talks a bit about this in 1 Corinthians 7, right? Would you say that single people might even be more primed to be available for life on mission? Well, I think so, because there's a flexibility that comes with, I don't have these bedtimes I got to hit. Yeah, exactly. And bath times and, and, and you know 
probably my budget in life is a little freer yep. to be a blessing to other people because it's not like 98, 9.9% of it sucked into just keeping these kids fed and, you know, braces and all, right? And so, yeah, I think that single people are, and I and I, and I, I do think this, we probably should do a whole episode on this someday, Heath, about, you know, how, how do you start this? I've known lots and lots of single people who have formed communities themselves because they had that impetus. They wanted to, yeah. and they didn't have like a bio family yet. So they actually along with other couples yep. and their kids said, hey, can we start living more like family cool. so that we can include others in this? I want to remind everybody that Jesus was single. Okay? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if, 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 if people, single people say, uh, this doesn't really work if you don't have a family, I, I got to point this back to our Lord. I got to say, wait a minute. There was a single guy that went out and collected a family. Yeah. You know, he was part of a family on mission. He's part of the Trinity. And, and then he went out and he started to extend his life with others and and there was even conversations they had like who's your family and people yeah. are like well i know that guy is your brother it's like yeah but that's my brother and that's mm. my mom that's my true mom right it's like who who's living out my life yeah. that's that's who's part of this family and so i think you can be the impetus as a single person and you don't have to wait around to be invited in but let me let me just close the loop on this if you're and we we kind of glanced past this earlier we talked about being hyper inclusive start to think about who are the singles in our in our life hmm. that they they need this they need to be included in a family they need to see this model they have a lot to offer they have a lot of flexibility yep. to offer whereas like yeah, guess what uh, i got to put the kids down tonight, you know, I don't know, mine are grown, but you know, some people are like, Hey, listen, we can't go and see, you know, the neighbor's kids in a rock band and they're playing tonight. I can't go because the kids would be sleeping at that point, but the singles can, you know, yeah. they can represent the family or they can help in this way, or they can, they can show up at this event. Like we've taken groups, literally groups of friends and a whole bunch of singles to like football games, like high school football games or the kids' soccer games. Yeah. And they come with us and, and, and they just scream their heads off. And, you know, all our kids' friends are like, who's who's the cheering section up there, yeah. right? We just include them in all that sure. stuff. And you think, oh, what single person wants to go and watch your kid kick a soccer ball? Oh, I'm telling you, they want it. Yeah, they there's want food it. Yeah. afterwards and we're having fun with it. And so both invite yourself in or start a community, but start it with other family members and or be hyper-inclusive and look for who you can include. All right. Yeah, great, man. All right, hey, let's get to the big three. And the big three is a free download that people can get by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Uh, and the download is basically a printout of the three things. If we wanted to boil down takeaways that we want you to walk away with from this episode, what they would be. So you can get that again as a download by going to 123lifeschool.com forward slash big three. Caesar, what are the big three for so this So here's week? the big three, okay? Real real succinct today and kind of already running late on time here. So first, first thing, don't miss this. Believe that you're part of God's family on mission and that you are a missionary. Like settle that in your heart. You were created in his image. You were grafted in. You were adopted sons and daughters. He, this is a God who lives in community. This is your identity, hmm. okay? Um, stagnant, compulsory church attendance is not the end goal for our life and faith. It's living Jesus' life on his family mission, <laughs> sort of in his family business, on his family mission as a lifestyle, you know, out of our identity. It's not just a set of activities that makes us missionaries, hmm. okay? That's, that's, that's who we are. Second, um, I'm going to just underscore this. Don't miss it. Live as a family worth imitating and that others want to join. 
before trying to create artificial family rhythms with a large group of others. It's good, man. And I know a lot of people, it's just like, yeah, I'm in a mission community. It's like, if you look at their family, it's completely sick. It's they're not part of it. And they're like, well, how do you include kids? Well, your kids should see themselves as part of that family yeah, on exactly. mission already if you start the way we're suggesting today. And then third is um, start to see and treat everyone like family. Be hyper-inclusive in the normal rhythms of your life. Often, Tina, I'll say, there's really not much you do in life that you couldn't include some other people to, yeah. do, to do with you other than maybe the marriage bed and yep. or go to your job with you. You know, I can't take people to work and Sure. Say, who's this guy sitting with you all day? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's just my buddy. You know, <laughs> probably gonna, probably not going to do it. But, but otherwise, be hyper inclusive in the normal rhythms of life. Yeah. Inviting people to simple meals, uh, yard work, p- walks in the park, uh, to the store with you. These are all things we do and we've done. Yeah. Uh, begin to extend your family life to others and increase the invitation so they can see faith and discipleship as part of everyday life, not some isolated thing. Yeah, that's great, man. Okay. Now, here's another thing I think would really help people. I'm just uh, just now starting enrollment for this. I have an upcoming discipleship and mission jumpstart. Like it's a four day challenge. Oh, cool! Some of our listeners were a part of me a month or so back when I did the everyday disciple challenge. Yep. So this is sort of a discipleship and mission jumpstart. And it's a four-day challenge. I'll be teaching live on Facebook every day. It's free. There'll be a little bit of homework. I even give out gifts to like incentivize people. I oh, give nice, out like yeah. Amazon gift cards and stuff like that. If you just show up and do the homework, yeah. I know you'll get so much out of it, right? So they can go to our website uh, for the show here, 123lifeschool.net. And uh, it'll be in the show notes, and there'll just be a link. It'll say Discipleship and Mission Jumpstart Four-Day Challenge. You click there, and then you enroll in it. Um, get your spot. It's free, but you got to get your spot. And then you get like sent like... The, you know, the reminders and resources yeah. and, you know, links to stuff and all that. So, huh. um, yeah, so we're just opening up that, uh, it's not happening yet, but it's going to happen in a few weeks. Yeah. And so people can join me for that. And, and we're going to talk about kind of what we talked about today, but e- even further, we will get into some of those rhythms. Sweet. It's kind of a missional jumpstart. Again, if you want the free download of this week's Big Three Takeaways, you can go to 123lifeschool.com forward slash Big Three, and you'll get those notes right away. If you haven't yet joined the Facebook group, it's growing. Like last night, I was I, I checked Facebook before I went to bed, and there was 14 people that wanted to be approved. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, this is- I know. It's wonderful. Yeah, so keep, uh, keep your friends coming. The conversations are getting better there. I love seeing people going, hey, I'm in this situation, and now actual people, yep. listeners are going like, well, I would suggest And this. in fact, the Facebook group is where I'll be doing the live training. Yeah, awesome. Right? So you, you're going to have to join it to, to get the training. So if you haven't yet joined it and you're thinking, oh, I think I want to do that, Get a jump start. Go to Facebook. Just type in the search bar, Life School Podcast. Boom. You have to say, like, hey, can I join? And then, yeah, Keith will accept you. Or I will. Bing, bing, bing. So. Perfect. Hey, next week we're going to talk about are you living too comfortably to really live on mission? Hmm. Like, like maybe your life's just too comfortable to actually include yeah, mission. <laughs> Don't need it, right? When things are good. Yeah. We hope you'll join us for that episode next week. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us today. If you want more information on this podcast, go to 123lifeschool.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>